Hello, and welcome to The Wardroom, a podcast dedicated to the leadership development of the U.S. Navy's engineering duty officers. I'm your host, Lieutenant Commander Matthew Horton. Today on the podcast, we are joined by Rear Admiral Scott Brown. In addition to being my boss, Admiral Brown is currently serving as the Director for Fleet Maintenance for the U.S. Pacific Fleet. He is a nuclear qualified engineering duty officer with multiple nuclear propulsion operational tours and holding multiple degrees in related fields. His most recent tour prior to serving as Director for Fleet Maintenance was as the 107th Commanding Officer of Norfolk Naval Shipyard. So grab a cup of coffee and join us in the wardroom. Admiral Brown, welcome to the wardroom. Hey, good morning. Thank you, Matthew. Appreciate the introduction there. Uh, Looking forward to the discussion today. Yes, sir. Well, I understand that you'd like to talk with us about some lessons that you've learned when in mentoring others, but uh, specifically from Admiral Stavridis' book, Command at Sea. So, Admiral, the floor is yours, sir. Okay, great. Hey, thanks. Uh, Yeah, great. Thanks again for the opportunity here, uh, team, and I really look forward to speaking to the entire EDO community on you know, some of my thoughts, um, as Matthew mentioned, that uh, I am, uh, you got a lot of nuclear experience, done a shipyard uh, commander tour, uh, did a tour as Admiral Moore's EA after that, and now the fleet maintenance officer in PAC fleet. And so um, kind of wanted to share some of the, the lessons I've learned a little bit and apply those to a book called Command at Sea that I've been using for a period of a number of years since I went through command school. I thought really spoke to me, and it spoke to my own command philosophy going into commanding of Norfolk Naval Shipyard, and then on further after that. Again, what I use to to mentor uh, mostly officers, uh, relatively senior officers, uh, the ones I, I speak to mostly now, you know, 05s, 06s, um, and uh, uh, maybe share some things with you that you could use in your mentoring. Um, Admiral Moore signed out a document last year uh, is in actually in 2019 that um, required all of us to discuss the LDF uh, attributes of developing others in initiative supported by strategic thinking and vision in all of our uh, mentoring sessions and then our own personal and professional development efforts so part of that part of that goal there of developing others in initiative um, I just kind of want to share with you the things that I've learned over the last several years. And I'll put it, frame it in the form of this book that I think is really important for us. So the the, the, the chapter I wanted to talk about in this book called Command at Sea, and um, this is the sixth edition, but in chapter one is really where I to focus my attention because it goes through a, a small section on the philosophy of command. And you could say, hey, I'm not going into command. I don't really need to read this but I think it applies to all naval officers, no matter what level you are. If you're leading people, uh, whether they're sailors or civilians, the uh, these philosophy uh, attributes and principles apply and are very applicable you know, to all of us. I even shared these with, when I was in command with my senior leadership team, which is mostly civilian GS-15 level um, leaders. And then here, when I got here to um, PAC Fleet, I shared it with my team here, uh, which is a, a group of GS-14, uh, a couple 15, uh, some 13s as well, and some naval officers in the 04 and 05 level. Uh, so I think, again, very applicable to us. So I'll just kind of run through you know, some of these principles here, and I'll try to tie it into um, uh, the attributes that Admiral Moore laid out, um, and Admiral Galenis is, uh, is uh, um, 
is working on the same the same things as well with the community. Uh, so the first one is called take care of your people, and uh, you know kind of the first step as a CEO or any leader is to take care of people. And, and it's really I, I read this read this section of this book uh, to understand because I don't have time to go through all of it, but it, it, different interpretations of what that means <clears throat> and what the this uh, book lays out here is what that means is you're taking an active interest in every aspect of professional development, training, safety, advancements, messing, birthing, and recreation. That's a quote right out of the book. And it doesn't mean that you know everybody gets what they want and there aren't there aren't issues. With people, because when you got a group of people together, you're going to have you're going to have problems. You know, people make mistakes. People, uh, you know, have relationship issues. It's not going to be a a perfect uh, uh, harmony. Uh, environment, no matter you know how good of a leader you are, and so your your job is to you know, dig into those things and find where the issues are uh, uh, with your people to make them as best as they can to support the mission because your ultimate goal here is the the mission of your organization because without that you're really um, you know you you're really not uh, uh, leading anything uh, so uh, that's kind of the first principle of um, of this book. The next principle goes to the competence area um, that uh, the CNO has laid out for us. It says, you know, you must know your command. And the way I interpret that is you got to know your job, all right? And you, you might you might go into a job, you may not know all the, all the aspects of it, but you got to go dig into it. You got to go walk around and look. You got to go see what your folks are doing. You got to understand, uh, um, you know, kind of all the intricacies of your organization. The only way you do that is by going out and talking to folks, you can have briefings and training sessions to know uh, the ins and outs of the, you know, if you're on a ship, the equipment of your ship, how it operates, uh, the organizational relationships. If you're in a shipyard, uh, you know, it's how the shipyard operates, the issues with the infrastructure, the, you know, the issues that people are having. So you got to know your command. You got to know the basics of how it works, um, how you, what your business is as well. And you only get there really by continuing to learn and continuing to ask questions. Uh, the third key in this book is called your character, and uh, it, it says you must be loyal, honest, and ethical in all your dealings, both private and public. It also discusses the patience associated with leadership. A lot of uh, a lot of us leaders, you know, have personalities where we we drive for perfection, and that's good, but it can't be um, such a drive to perfection that you're you're uh, you're you're running people ragged. Or you're overly overbearing on on folks, so you have to be patient with folks to go learn. You have to help develop those skill sets uh, to get where you need to be. Um, the fourth key to command in this book was the tone of your command, which is which is interesting. Um, you know, a lot of uh, folks will say you can tell the tone of a ship when you step onto the quarterdeck by the by the way the watches behave by the way the quarterdeck looks. Um, as one example of a tone of command, uh, CRISP, um, it, it calls out Admiral Spruance as a master at setting the tone of a ship, uh, produced kind of a quiet confidence in his officers by showing that he trusted them. And uh, he let his officers um, operate the ship under his watchful eye, but let them let them do it and uh, you know, would only step in if he had to. And it resulted in a command where everybody understood what the boss wanted to do, was working towards one goal, a very crisp uh, command. Uh, the, 
the fifth principle of this book is communications, which I think we, we struggle with. And I know I struggled with this in a command of 10,000 people. Uh, how do you communicate, uh, you know, get the communications from the folks so that you understand what their issues are? But how do you also communicate your vision um, and the vision of the ship of the shipyard, for example, in my case, uh, so that we're all rowing in the same direction? Yeah, very challenging. You have different uh, folks with different uh, goals and sometimes different agendas, and uh, you have to uh, you have to kind of understand where you need to go, communicate that, and then you got to keep you got to keep focusing on it. Um, the uh, the other the next uh, principle here. This is the sixth principle. It's called boldness, and I'll tie this to the initiative um, direction. Uh, attribute of the LDF that uh, uh, ComNavC you signed out uh, boldness. <clears throat> so it's not recklessness, uh, but it's it's boldness to drive ahead. And I'll kind of I kind of want to center on this one because I think our community could use could use um you know a discussion on this on this attribute because again back with initiative and boldness, it was called out by uh, ComNavC to go focus on because of the community assessment that was provided uh, with feedback from the community um, and in my own my own you know kind of uh, career uh, you know uh, development and my own career experiences has has led me to believe that this is a this is a key attribute for us and something that we need need to work on in our community and what I what I mean by initiative is uh, I'll use Admiral, uh, Admiral Aquilino here at Pack Fleet one of his principles is you got to know what your boss needs to be successful and if you know what your boss needs to be successful, you can get in front of that and feed your boss what they need. And by being, making your boss successful, therefore you become successful. And so it's that understanding of where the, what the vision is of the organization, you, how you are continually driving yourself there and your organization there and leaning in. It's not going to be easy. There are going to be you know, barriers. There's going to be constraints. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be sometimes active resistance. But it's your job as a leader to overcome those, um, sometimes knock some of those barriers down, sometimes uh, communicate you know, to your boss what the issues are to help with help in knocking some of those barriers down, but also instill in the, the confidence and boldness in your folks to drive ahead and lean in to the, to the, um, to the, to the mission and get to the vision of your organization. Uh, so I think, I think boldness is key. And it gives some examples in the book about, you know, uh, William Bull Halsey, Arlie Burke, you know, officers that had, that were extremely bold in combat, took some risks and came out uh, ahead. Just wanted to talk about that really quickly. The uh, last one that it talks about in this book is, it really says, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. And that's a good one, you know, for us, because we often get so caught up in our careers and what, what we're doing with our, uh, organizations that we forget about the fact that this is a, a tough business, but it also, you need to have some balance in it, in yourself, in your life, with your family, with your own personal life, uh, to make sure you don't, uh, one, uh, don't burn yourself out, uh, and then become someone that's just totally focused on business at hand and forget about some of the other things in life. But you also will um, you'll drive some of your folks away. Uh, by continuing, um, you know, just having uh, that type of uh, of attitude where you don't really take yourself, you take yourself too seriously, and you don't uh, have a good sense of humor. 
an example is you'll go into command. You might be in command for three, you know, two, three, four years, and then it's going to be done. And so you got to have something that's in place uh, once you're once you're done uh, with that part of your life. And there are other more constant parts of your life that need to be focused on. So that's kind of my leadership discussion, Matthew. Uh, any questions or uh, you got for me after that? I actually have a multi-part question for you today. Um, and the first part of this one is, you know, with an increased focus on bridging skill sets between the maintenance, modernization, and program management realms within our community, how do you see our career paths to, to crown jewels evolving for the various mentor groups? Or do you see the mentor groups needing to change or evolve in any way? Yeah, good question. Thanks, Matthew. I think, um, uh, something that we're actively working on in the community is, uh, you know, we've had a number of um, folks feedback through whether it's surveys, you know, verbal feedback over the years. That, hey, our community needs to work on this uh, cross-pollination. So we've got, you know, we got mentor groups that we've established, and those mentor groups are kind of centered around you know, technical skill sets, you know, program management, uh, you're at maintenance, you've got other aspects of, um, you know, whether it's the, the combat systems folks, whether you've got, um, you know, weapons uh, development and, and, and things like that. So our community is kind of centered up on these um, these silos of professional, um, you know, competence, and I think the the critique of that is that how do we 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 go through these uh, silos and develop into senior leaders? You know, how are we getting more broad experience, but also how are we developing the character traits that are necessary for success at senior leadership levels? Um, and how are we getting a more of a like I said a broader experience of the community? Then you reach to a point where you're you're not just focused on you know your 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 widget or your shipyard. Now you're focused on the overall you know NAV C and or uh, Navy fleets needs and the Navy and the military's needs, right? How do you develop that that uh, that that knowledge and competence and character to to do that? So I think you know I think the the community is leaning towards um, more broadening. Uh, and focusing on leadership traits, for example, when we, when we decide we're going to, you know, say pick a, a CO for a certain position, or we just focus on their individual, you know, uh, experiences they've had or the jobs they've had in the past, or are we looking at that individual that's being selected as uh, you know, with, with certain leadership principles in mind? So that when I go to a CO's job selection board, um, the team is looking at uh, – a number of traits that aren't necessarily geared towards, you know, the specific, you know, technical knowledge that individual has, but has has a better idea of the broadening aspects. And that and that in itself, that selection process, my my hope is that'll help drive us to, you know, improve development of some of those leadership principles, you know, throughout. So if you know if I'm going up for a, a board and I'm seeing that, um, you know, the, these things are uh, are required. Uh, and a more broad-based leadership, uh, principle-based uh, things, then I'm going to be inclined to go work on that stuff. Uh, and so that's kind of the the idea here. It's not to say that we're not doing a good job of that now, but it's just a continual improvement idea um, to improve our broadening um, at the senior leadership levels. Does that answer your question, Matthew? Well, I think so. But I also want to open that up a little bit. You know, as we tie that back to our targeted attributes that you've already mentioned specifically developing others. 
how do you see that? I, I can see that as, you know, as an individual, what I would need to go to, but what do you see as developing others and helping to foster this bridging of, of skill sets, particularly as we look maybe towards the more junior members of our community? Yeah, so so I'll, I'll say um, developing others. So if, if we're looking at, um, you know, the character and competence and relationship building aspects of the of the leadership development framework, right? What are we focused on in our discussions? And it's not just in our mentoring discussions, right? The it's you know the, we're talking formal mentoring or informal mentoring. It's the day-to-day behavior of the leader, all right? So my for myself, how am I behaving day-to-day to influence the development of of the folks that are working in my on my team? Um, it's it's not just the go into the room and talk about your career. Um, and uh, and then you maybe have a side conversation on some stuff. Yeah, that's good. But it's I think the more important part of this is the daily, the daily interactions and the daily behaviors uh, that we have. Uh, how are we engaged in the community, you know, development uh, uh, to encourage you know these types of daily behaviors that are influencing the culture of the organization to develop, and not just purely uh, you know dedicated towards these mentoring sessions, right? I put an hour mentoring session on my calendar, and then you know, that's my I check the box. That's my mentoring for the day. And now I can go on doing what I've always been doing, All right? So I'm I'm trying to get out of that mindset where we're going to try to influence the daily behaviors. Um, I think I think the way uh, we do that is maybe a more concerted effort of of what are some of these principles we're driving to, uh, more understanding, more learning in that in that respect. Uh, you kind of go through the things I talked about you know, from the book, right? Are, are those things uh, typical uh, topics of conversation in training sessions? Are they um, are they being considered by you know senior leaders in their day-to-day business uh, because they know that their behavior is influencing those that, that work for them and those they interact with? And they are in the course of those interactions, they are they are in fact developing others, and actually that development. It is actually, um, I would say, more impactful than the sit-down, you know, mentoring sessions. No, sir, that's good information. Thank you, and hopefully we can continue to work to to implement that as we go about our daily lives and and jobs within the community. So, Admiral, last question for you. We always try and get one every time we have a guest. Do you have any good book recommendations for us? Yes, I do. Well, I mentioned one of them, right? So it, it, the, the first chapter is good. The rest of it, if you're uh, if you're going to see, yeah, it's probably good stuff. But uh, I, I think the, uh, the the first chapter is the one I would focus on, and I've got some you know copies of that that I've you know, I've shared. But the other, the book I want to mention is this book called uh, Boys in the Boat. I don't know if you read this, Matthew, but uh, it, I have. Okay, good. It's a great book. So my son, we moved to Arlington, you know, for ten months. After command at Norfolk, uh, my son got into crew up there, and uh, I wanted to learn, you know, what it's all about. And it's really an interesting culture in crew, right? It's it's, uh, it's kind of taking you back to the the you say the old school days of you know hard nose work uh, to the point of almost you know self brutality. It seems like if you're just continually you know beating yourself up to get there. And this book, I wanted to go learn about it, and this book was about. The, the Washington University of Washington uh, boys uh, or men's um, uh, crew team, and the fact that you know they were a, kind of a ragtag group of folk of boys when they came into college and developed into a, a, a group of men that went on to win the Olympics. I think it was 1936 in front of Adolf Hitler. 
over the German team who was uh, who was favored. And so it's like it's just a great book of um, of teamwork and how you know, when you're on a crew team, everybody's got to work together. They have to all be in sync. And we, we often use the analogy of rowing in the same direction, right? And they literally had to do that. And they talked about the point where you're in sync and your boat almost just seems to glide over the water effortlessly. The men that are rowing are so synced on each other that they're kind of they've kind of lost, you know, themselves in that now they just become like one almost one person you row in this boat. And I thought that was a really good uh book. Uh, for what we try to do in in leadership, uh, I just really uh, I recommend it. I think it's really inspiring and uh, really good. I think there's a couple of documentaries out there too if you want to go look at those. But the the book's incredible. Uh, I also listen to it on audio. You know the book on the book on audio. It's called Books on Tape. You know, but you know the books on audio now. And uh, listen to that. It's a, there's a good there's a good version on there as well. Uh, I think it was Apple Books that I got it on. Well, thank you for that recommendation, Admiral. Yeah, it's a great book. I really enjoy it. There's a lot of really great stories of heroism and hard work kind of uh, centered around that 1936 Olympic Games. But definitely, and I probably want to pull it back off the shelf and maybe kind of read through it again. But Admiral, thank you again for joining us today. Uh, we hope to have you back soon. And uh, aloha, since we're out here in Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Well, thank you again. Okay, you bet. Thanks a lot. Thank you for joining us in the wardroom. Special thanks to our sound engineer, Lieutenant Andrew Rowley. If you have questions you would like our guests to answer, comments, or suggestions, you can email us at thewardroompodcast at gmail.com or tweet or follow us on Twitter, at Wardroom Podcast. Join us next time when we will be joined by Vice Admiral John Hill, Director of the Missile Defense Agency. We look forward to meeting again in The Wardroom.